Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. Welcome back, Immigrant Nation. Another week, another new episode. Thank you for always being here. And if you are new here, welcome to our humble yet powerful community. If you must know and if you want to reach out, follow me on all the socials. Our handle is at animmigrantslife. You can also email me at animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. If you want to come on the podcast or if you know someone that wants to be a guest on the podcast, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Of course, you can listen to all the episodes wherever you get your podcast, even on YouTube. And while you're there, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You don't know how much the simple gesture helps us reach more ears. And it makes Apple or Spotify keep us on the top of the list and make us more visible. So please Please do me a favor and show us some love that way. The business part is done. Now, let's talk about the episode. I'm excited for you to listen to this episode as this episode is like a love letter to New York, where our guest resides and a place he literally serves every day. You will pick so much knowledge on this one, so let's not waste more time. Without further ado... Let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a firefighter by day and an actor by night. He's jack like Dwayne Johnson and as good looking as Idris Alba. Everyone, please welcome Jassy Pickering. Hey guys, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate this. Uh, very special for me. So thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, we appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming on. No, it's uh again like like I said, this is my this is my first time kind of doing something like this. Mm. I'm very excited. Um, you know, the nerves are going inside, but you know, it's it's good energy. It's nervous energy. It's uh it's something that I want to use and you know try to be open and honest and and actually, hopefully, whoever's listening out there, if there's one person I could reach and hears my story and and take something away from it, that's that's that would mean something to me. Definitely. Do you want to say your Instagram so if someone wants to reach out? Yeah, my Instagram is ja.pick, J-A-H dot P-I-C-K. It's a short end of my first name, Jossie, my last name, Pickering. So ja.pick on Instagram.com. Um, and that's probably the best way to reach me if um, if anybody has any questions or wants to reach out to me. Beautiful. That's your real name, Jossie? Jossie, yes, yes. Okay. Um, it is Swahili in origin. It means a wonderful child. Hmm. Um, the way it's spelled is Rastafarian. Ja is God and Rastafarian. Ja sees, God sees. So my parents put a lot of, a lot of thought into that one. I like it. Very, very I, love, I love it. Some people they don't like their names, you know. You know, it took me a while to get uh, to to really fully embrace it, but like people people say it wrong all the time when they see it, um, even though it's phonetic. <laughs> ja J A H S E E Ja see. Um, so I, for the longest time, I would like dismiss it like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I'm like, but now like I kind of grown into it. Like I'm, I'm very proud of it. Like my parents gave me this name. It's my name. It's the only thing you really have in this world is your name and your, and your honor. Um, so when people I'll, I'll take, I'll take some time if, if it's annoying, like, no, my name is Jossie. 
they call him Yasi. No, 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 Jasi, Jasi. So yeah, I'm very proud of it. You know, so I honor honor my parents for the work that they put in. Yeah, I mean, it's a unique name. I love the meaning too. Thank you, thank you. You know, oh, speaking about your parents, tell us about your ethnic background. So my father is uh, he's from the British Virgin Islands. He's from an island called Tortola. Um, you know, he's uh, you know Rastafarian, very dark, dreadlocks down to his waist. Um, and my mother is Norwegian, Hungarian, and German. You know, uh, you know, white woman, blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, and yeah, they're they're gave us a a, a very mix of the seven. Uh, I'm I'm one of seven siblings. There's uh, mm. seven of us. Um, so I mean, we basically all look the same, but you know. Some of my complexion, some are lighter than me. My sis, my my two sisters are lighter than me, you know, and my my brothers are pretty much my complexion. Mm. Uh, How did they meet? Uh, you know, I don't really know. So <laughs> those these are things like my parents are very, um, you know, they're very stoic, very to themselves. They they didn't really speak too much about their background. Um, I, I just picked up little tidbits here and there. I do know after they met. Um, they were living in, in in Harlem and you know they to 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 get by they were making and selling jewelry so mm. my father would make them and my mother would go out and sell them like handmade uh you know trinkets you know earrings bracelets um so that's that's pretty much what they did for a lot of years even when i was growing up i i would i would uh my father tried to teach me a little bit of uh jewelry making uh, myself uh, i don't know how much i retained but uh I was able to work with some tools and you know hammer some stuff out and I just remember my I'm I'm originally from Staten Island um I just remember taking the the ferry from Staten Island to Manhattan my mother having this case of jewelry just walking back and forth trying to sell some jewelry you know to make ends meet and yeah so it was it was a I'm not sure exactly how they met but um I know that that's pretty much the story from from when they were when they were together mm-hmm. What's the material of the jewelry uh, it was like it was like silver, copper, um, nothing, nothing like gold. It was you know we didn't have that much money for that, but like you know he would he would buy like sheets of this you know sheets of like sterling silver and and you know copper. I'm not I'm not sure about bronze, you know whatever whatever kind of looked nice, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know he like the sheet, he would cut it out, he would kind of like shave it down, put a hand design in it, um, like with a hammer and, and a chisel basically, and um. Yeah, pretty much unique handmade stuff. Uh, I think I think my mother still kind of does somewhat about uh, somewhat uh, handmade jewelry still. Mm. Um, she's retired, so so she needs uh, you know she's using that to to spend her days kind of you know still still staying active. You know? mm-hmm, definitely. You mentioned that your dad's a Rastafarian. Were you raised as a Rastafarian? Yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't. I still like I don't eat pork, I don't eat shellfish, um, things like that. Like I, I still take those um qualities of my younger life with me still. I don't, you know, I'm not a practicing Rastafarian. I used I did used to have dreadlocks before, you know, you know, it all went away. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it the, the he pretty much, you know, it's it, he really wanted us to have a belief in God, um, faith, uh, family. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't, wasn't like, you know, hardcore Rastafarian, like I wouldn't be able to list off, you know, rules and everything like that. Um, 
mostly, you know, from what I took away from it, from a younger, uh, 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 from a, uh, from a, my childhood, you know, we were together as a family. We didn't have much. Uh, we have each other and we have, you know, we have God. So that's pretty much how, how uh, the things I took away from it, like we gather together on Saturdays and we pray and, you know, we do it as a family. So yeah, that was, and like, again, I, I, I still keep some things like, you know, that's my childhood that the, the not eating pork and shellfish and things like that. I, I still take with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna just start doing that now, but um, yeah. What's the reason for the shellfish? I understand the pork, but the shellfish. What's um, up with that? So they they it's funny. Um, at the at the firehouse, they they ask me this all the time. Like you know, I'm like, no, I don't eat pork. I don't eat I don't eat shellfish. And they're like, no, why? I'm like, and and this is the middle of us eating, and I'm always like, you know, I don't really want to say <laughs> while we're eating because you might be like you might be disgusted. But I guess the reasoning behind it was you know, um, shellfish are are any kind of like bottom feeders. They're eating kind of like the the scum, um, the 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 dead bacteria things like that. So that and that internally makes them um, you know, unclean animals. Mm-hmm. Um that's just the way I took away from it. I mean, if if somebody out there uh is hearing this and and, and feels that I'm I'm way off base, but you know, that's just the way I took away from it. That's the way, you know, my father would talk to me about it and you know, just like the uncleanliness of it um was the reason. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah, don't worry about the people that gonna tell you like no oh, no you know, wrong, you know? like <laughs> that's your truth yeah yeah I, I i try to be um as honest as possible but um i'm not an expert in, in any things you know i just I, I i i know i know some things i don't know everything i'm not an expert so if, if, yeah i mean you never claim that you are anyway yeah but that's your truth and that's yeah. what you learned from your dad who's yeah. actually a rastafarian yeah 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 he was um he was in a tent. He is. I mean, he's still alive. He, he isn't. He was an intense man during my childhood. Very strict. Oh boy, very strict. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was something that I was growing up. I mean, I mean, I loved being around him. He was. He was. He was just like this. Growing up around him, it, it was uh, especially in New York in the projects um, around the '90s. He was just this. He stood out a lot. You know, he would be, he would wear sunglasses at night. He would, he'd have dreadlocks. You know, sometimes he'd go out covering his entire face with sunglasses and it was very intimidating. People did not fuck with him when he was like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. He always, always wore sunglasses. That was just, that was his, that was his thing. His thing. You mentioned dreadlocks. I know a little bit about, about that, but for the people that doesn't know, what's the significance of the dreadlocks? Um... Let me try to recall this. You know, it's um I think the 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 locks now are you know a lot of people use them as they've come back in more into into fashion, but you know as you know growing up it's it's like it's like a, a kind of like a source of power, you know, the connection to, you know, the earth and 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 the Lord, it's just kind of just like this is the natural way you're supposed to be. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's um, I I was uh, me and my locks were I had a difficult connection with them because um, you know I was bullied for them. I was mm. pretty uh, intensely for that. Um, so you know it's not something 
that I was at the time I was super proud of because, you know, it caused me a lot of distress. People would bully me and, and pretty meanly too, you know, kids could be pretty, pretty mean about it. What did um, they say? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, they would, they would just, they would, anything in the world that, you know, I was, that, that I would, I would smell. Um, <laughs> it was, it was like, yeah, it was, they would, they would just like, just really mean that sometimes mm. they pull on my hair. Um, they would, I remember it was one boy, like a really, almost like if somebody else didn't step in like we were on a bus and like i was sitting behind and he like tried to light my my locks on fire actually Whoa. yeah he like he like because i didn't really notice yeah he was back and he like kind of like he had a lighter to it and and then i'm like i'm like really come on that's 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 that was that's terrible i mean but that you know kids kids are kids can be very vicious and you know i'm very anti-bullying because you know, you know, as somebody who got bullied pretty, pretty intensely as a kid, you know, it, it, it was it was rough. It was a rough childhood. So, mm. um, you know, if if you never know what a little kid's going through. Um, so if you take your time to be kind to them, um, they could be going through, you know, family issues at home. Um, they could be having like a rough night, rough life at home. And then, you know, to like go to school. Only to be get to be treated uh, uh, in 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 a, in a mean way is just you know they 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 don't have any respite they don't have any kind of break it's just back and forth and it's pretty it's pretty hard for them mm, definitely and I guess you're not allowed to fight back. Uh well I I was I was never a fighter. Mm. Um, my oldest brother, he 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 didn't he barely he didn't take any shit. So he was <laughs> something. He was bullied just the same. We all had dreadlocks. He was bullied just the same, and you know, he would he would definitely fight back. He would he got suspended a few times. But being myself, um, I was always a, the nice, quiet kid. You know, kind of shy. Didn't really didn't really you know ruffle any feathers. Um, so I kind of just 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 kind of rolled with the punches with it. Kind of. Um, kind of accepted it i mean i did have like uh, after a while i did have i made friends who were thank god they were a little bit you know a little bit tougher for lack of better words than i was and you mm -hmm. know they stood up for me and they they made sure i was good and safe and you know i'm still i'm still good friends with a few of them to this day and and i always thankful thank them for like you know sticking up for me because i wasn't doing it for myself mm -hmm. i was just you know, I, I was a kid. I was I was just wanted to go to school and 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 come home and you know the regular thing. But you know, when they saw somebody kind of um, you know uh, uh, going at it at me, and they they would just step in. And I think that's you know I grew up in the projects. That was that was like the kind of closeness that you know we we had because like, we were all coming from you know the same place. Um, you know, it has, it has its own issues, but, you know, you would find people that, that you just connected with on that level is like, you know, mm -hmm. here we are, we're like, we're, we're kids here we are. And let's just, let's just kind of get through this. Yeah. There's a community. Absolutely. I mean, it, it does have its, again, it has its issues and it's ha it has a lot of problems. Um, but I did have a community of people that, you know, I would, I would, I would go I would go to my friend's house who was like across the street and their family took me in. They mm -hmm. called me their son. It was like it was family there. And, and you know, just if 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 I didn't have any food at home, I would go over there and like they would they, they would they would they would feed me. Mm -hmm. It was it was a night. It was 
it was a good it was a good experience. I want to say good time. It was a good experience, like to to grow and learn and just really connect with people. And you know, they they see me now, and they see you know the the struggles that we had growing up and everything that we had to go through. And they see me now, and it's just the the pride that they have in me is it just kind of like you know it gets to me. So mm. yeah, because. I'm assuming that they feel like they made it too. Well, uh, some of them, yes. Some of them have. Uh, um, they were able to 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 you know beat the odds and and get out of it. Um, thankfully, most of the people that I know have you know made a better life for themselves after what you know the cards that we were dealt. Um, but unfortunately, that's that's not the hand everybody's dealt, and and hmm. some people. Some people have a a, a different path, um, for better or worse. Hmm. I want to go back a little bit of the dreadlocks, because yes. you know how some you know Caucasian people has dreadlocks, and a lot of people get mad, like, <laughs> "Why are you wearing dreadlocks? It means something to us, this and that, yeah, and whatever." Yeah. What's your opinion about that? Um, you know, I. It, it, I would, I would, I think maybe, you know, as being mixed, right. You know, back in the day where I'm trying to figure out, you know, if I'm black, if I'm white and this and this <laughs> that, I probably would have had a stronger opinion about it. But now it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, as long as you are a good person and, you know, you're, 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 you treat people right the way they're supposed to, um, at the end of the day, it's just hair. It's just, mm. you know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't really have any bearing on this world. You know, if you, if you, if there's a white person who wants to be a Rastafarian or a Christian or whatever, and, you know, as long as you're a good person, as long as you, you have a good soul and you treat people right and you, you do the right things, um, that's, what's really important. You know, everything else is just noise, you know, to me, you know, everything else is just, um, yeah, just just be a good person. It, it really doesn't matter who you are or what you follow. Um, mm -hmm. Be a good person and and don't. We, we're we have more in common with each other than we have different. You know, when you start talking to somebody who uh, you think is different than you, when you realize it, you know the stories that they've had are very similar to the stories that you've had, and the 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 family upbringing that they had a very family like you know the stories can interconnect and that's what's kind of missing in society the the actual dialogue engaging with people on a level that that it, you you're both able to share and come away from that conversation much more enriched than than when you started with it um so yeah at the end of the day like you know be a good person and <laughs> that's really that's all that matters to me at the end of the day exactly you keep on mentioning that you grew up in the projects. Mm -hmm. um, I'm well. Dad was selling and mom was selling jewelry. Yes. Was there like a? Do they did they have a job that is, you know, constant and stable? Um. Well, my mother eventually. My mother got her master's degree, and um, she became a teacher, a New York City public school teacher. Um. So she was the one working. My father stayed at home and. You know, again, made jewelry and watched out, uh, you know, took care of us. You know, again, there were seven of us. So we're, we're three years apart. So every three years, there'd be a new a new pickering. It's um, exactly three years apart? We're exactly three years <laughs> apart, every single one of us. Did they plan that? 
I, I have no idea. It's just, it's just, it's just the way it turned out. So, um, it's, it's so whenever like I, I'm not, I'm, I'm really pretty, I'm really pretty bad with ages. So like, it's like, oh, hey, how old are they? I go for me, and then I start working backwards. So. <laughs> but yeah, um, they, you, my father stayed home. He took care of us at home. My mother would go to work. She's a public school teacher. Um, I, I just remember her from what a very young age, um, you know, we, we, we started on welfare, you know, and then when my mother started working more and working more and was able to, you know, get a little bit more money, we we're able to break off of that. And then, um, you know, still a little bit of struggles, whatever. And then, um, you know, we're, we're able to kind of like incrementally step up. Uh, from welfare, living the projects, to moving on, getting out, and and making a name for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You don't have kids, right? Do you? I do not. I do not have kids. Are you planning to have one someday? Uh, I'm not, I'm not planning it, but when God willing, um, one day that'll happen, and you know, hopefully, I will, I will be a good good father to them, and you know, just do the best I can. One thing I've learned is. You know, when when our parents were raising us, they they really had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> they just they were kind of just winging it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they they were doing the best they could. But you know, they they just had no idea what they're doing sometimes. Um, so taking that into consideration, um, I'll just you know, if God willing, I have kids, I'll just do the best I can, and I'll just be a good father, be a good man, and and a good role model. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just trying. You know, you know. I'm sure there are people that kind of know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, no one's know what they're doing. To be honest, yeah. they're just like, yeah. it's either you go right or you go left. You go left, you question. Oh, I should have went right. Yeah, yeah. You could have a plan. You could have a plan, but at the end of the day, it's just it's out of your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it will. It will. Things will happen the way they will. Um, and again, just you know, like you said, just showing up, being there. It, that's it's important. That's what's important. Um, you know, I just there's one of there's, there's always those, those like core memories that kind of stick out, and it's very it's you know it's silly, but you know kindergarten graduation where like you go from kindergarten to the first grade. Um, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean much. But as a kid, I just remember my my mom like seeing me and standing up and waving with a big smile, and I'm like, I'm just like you know so excited, so 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 excited that she's here, and. Uh, you know, we were supposed to be like kind of like silent and just walking down. And I'd, like I just broke up. I'm like, ah, oh, I hate that. Wave <laughs> back because you know, just the excitement was there. You know, just showing up and you know, doing doing the best you can. Um, mm-hmm. That's I think that's what my parents tried to do for me. You know, just being there, being supportive, um, trying to juggle their lives that they have. Um, and then you know, seven of us. It could not have been easy with with individual personalities and struggles and mm-hmm. you know expenses. You know they, you know God bless the fact that we 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 are who they are. I I, w- I always say that I have no story unless my family story is a part of it. Like I am who I am. I didn't get here by myself. My family, my entire family, not just my parents. You know, all of us. We we come together for everything and just kind of uh, hammer out the details and work things through. You know. It, Every single one of us, you know, if, if if my sister or my brothers call me, you know, I'm there for them, and, the, and vice versa. You know, we we're just we're a family. That's what it is. We're, I mean, th- and that's 
how it is for us. Like we never, we have a couple of cousins, um, but we don't have like the large, large extended family that a lot of people have. Hmm. Um, so super, super tight knit, super close. Um, yeah. Hmm. With the kind of childhood that you had, is that where you think the imposter syndrome come from? Um, the imp- I would, I try to, I try to kind of nail it down. I, I'm not sure if it's from, you know, growing up that way. I just, I just don't think is it, it was, it could be because, you know, I, I was, I was told a lot as a kid, you know, by, you know, other kids against bullying and stuff that, you know, I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't good enough. And, you know, just things kind of compounded where, you know, I would start to believe that for myself. And like, mm. I kind of just, you know, gave up sometimes, but I was, I was always very, very smart. I was always, I was always witty and able to pick up on things. Um, when I went for my master's degree at Columbia university, that's when it really, really kicked in um, the imposter syndrome, not only because one, I didn't think I was be able to get in, um, but I was also surrounded by people who I was listening to the stories and they would, they have done, they have gone to really prestigious schools and they were traveling the world and going on safaris and, you know, just having a really uh, intense life experience that I had not yet experienced. I, I, I would, I made the mistake of trying to compare it to my life. And um, I was like, you know, these people are doing this and like, like, what do I have? I'm just, you know, a kid from the projects who's just trying to make it. Hmm. But um, that is, that's when it really kicked in and uh, nothing against my, my cohort in Columbia. They were, they were great. They, you know, they were very supportive, very, you know, uh, uh, engaging and I learned so much and I hope they learned the, the exact amount from me, um, the department of philosophy and education over there. Uh, it was, it was one of the best experiences I've had in my life. It was just, and it challenged me to like really, really think it was, it was just, uh, uh, I would go home, I would go home exhausted from, from it, which was like, I loved it. It was just, I'd be exhausted. And, and I, I feel like I, I, learned so much from it but the imposter syndrome was there um i think that's that that's there was a point where i was considering you know giving up on it um because i was like you know whatever i'm going into the fire department anyway i don't need this and but like for myself i needed to complete my my if i set if i set something out i need to complete it you know no matter how long it took Mm-hmm. what um, kept you going uh i it was just you know i did take a break i did take a break from finishing and it was just like a heavy weight on me every single day there'd be there'd be something like telling me that i need to finish what i started out for and i needed to you know i needed to to do it for myself not for anybody else just do it for yourself because you started it you need to finish it and you're good you were good at it um just keep going and and you know whatever whatever happens will happen just but you got you have to push through you can't the, you could you could stumble but don't quit um hmm. but yeah so I, I i kept going i got and um the 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 assistance that i i i received from encouragement and just um just you know understanding my situation of of feeling like i didn't belong there are you know i was going to go start 
a new path in my life. They understood it. Um, and then and then they they made me realize that, you know, I did belong there. I did belong. And uh, I was good and I was smart. And you I could continue my 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 other path also. But it, it, it's, it's something that I need to finish now. I, 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 I owe it to myself to finish. Mm-hmm. How are we doing with the imposter syndrome now? The imposter syndrome now, I am, it's not as loud as it was hmm. um, back then. It still kind of lingers, you know, because I, I try to be a little bit humble about myself. I don't try to be braggadocious. I don't try to um, say I did this, this, and that. However, there are, um, you know, I always, I always, Every so often, people will come up to me and they will let me know how much of an inspiration I've been to them, and they will let me know that I, I've they 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 follow me and they 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 try to they try to uh, uh, you know live up to the standard that I set. You know, I don't I don't try to say you know this here I am, but they try to live up to the standard that I set, and you know it it pushes them to be better. So knowing that. I try to keep a high standard. I try to keep myself as 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 a beacon of of doing what's right and good. Um, I'm not I'm not always perfect, but I try. I do my best to do that every day. I try to do make myself a little bit better, mm-hmm. like exercising, reading books. Yeah, exercising. You know, I do a lot of I do a lot of journaling, um, mm-hmm. self reflection. I I try to. You know, not for again, not for anybody else to 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 know who you got to know know thyself. You got to know who you are, and and know that you know we're we're a different person every day. That you know, no, you can't step in the same river twice. Every time you're you're learning and growing and changing, um, you're a different person than you were the person before. So, the direction that you're going in, it should be in a way that that is good and what's right um sticking to the morals that you set for yourself mm-hmm. do you believe in god still i believe i'm very agnostic i believe i believe in you know a higher power mm. um, i'm not very religious but i believe that there is there is there is something up there there's a saying that there's no atheists in foxholes so at the end of your days you're going to believe in something um so I, you know, I, if there's something up there, I, you know, I, 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 I'm thankful for the life that I've had because, you know, I know if I was in the, if I had, if I had the reins in this, it would just be, it would be going off course, <laughs> whatever, 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 whatever higher powers up there, if you want to call it God or the source, um, energy, love, whatever name you ha- want to have for it. Um, there, there is something, there is something vibrating in this universe that, um, we probably have no comprehension of, mm-hmm. uh, but it, there is, there, there has, there has, for me, I feel, I feel like there has to be, you know, uh, the, the idea that there's, this is just completely random speck in time, you know, and, and everything else is just kind of going by the wayside. Um, it's a little bit, a little bit strange to believe. Mm-hmm. I read that you had a melanoma spot removed. How's that experience? Yes, um, that was you know that was something that I I had a had a spot on my foot, the bottom of my foot. Um, Who do you think you are, Bob Marley? 
Bob Marley, yeah. He had a, <laughs> a spot, he had a spot on his toe that he didn't he didn't get um diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Like he thought it was like a, a, a like a soccer incident or something. And then yeah, it spread, it spread to the rest of his body. So thank God I was uh, uh I was able to, you know, address it. Um I addressed it, you know, fairly early. Um and then you know, no problem since I, I try to get regular checkups to make sure that nothing else pops up, but so far, so far so good. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I wouldn't say I was like afraid or anything. Um, like I kind of just figured that, you know, let me get this taken care of and let's, you know, keep keep the ball rolling, keep pushing. So what did it look like? How did you figure out that I need to get this check? Well, I didn't figure it out. One of my friends kind of pointed it out. I thought it was just a birthmark. Um, and somebody somebody just saw the spot on my bottom of my foot. I think we were at a pool or something, and they were like, You need to take like get that taken care of. And I'm like, oh, I've I've had it for a while. <laughs> um and yeah, I thought it's like, you know, just a birthmark, but you know, little did I know it wasn't. So like I think I just one day I randomly uh I think I think it was pretty random. I went to the I went to the uh, dermatologist. I was like, you know, what about this spot? What about this spot on my hands and things like that? Like something, something very minor, just whatever. And I was like, ah, one more thing. Uh <laughs> can you check this thing on the bottom of my foot? And then they were like, Oh, let's Let's really take a look at that. So that got uh, they got a biopsy for that, and um, yeah, ended up having to get it lasered off. Uh, very simple procedure. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy, and and, and it was caught fairly early. Mm-hmm. But what did it look like, or the texture like that made your friend, or obviously the dermatologist, like, oh, this is not bueno. Yeah, it was. It was a very. It was like. Um, It's kind of like it looked like a beauty mark, right? Like you know how small they can be, but it was probably probably like maybe like the the half half of a half of a pinky nail, maybe mm-hmm. a quarter of a pinky nail in size. So it wasn't just like a little spot. It was just it was there. It was it was, and it was like the 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 outside edges were kind of jagged. Um, so that is that's what caused them to have concern, and uh, they they. Yeah, they took a biopsy. They turned out it was, you know, a melanoma, and uh, they 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 took care of it pretty quickly. So, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it was just like you know, it wasn't a long drawn out process where it spread to the rest of me, which is a possibility. But um, yeah, I'm glad it was like in and out. And now you're good. Yeah, yeah. Now everything's good. Everything's fine. Can um, you go under the sun for a long time, or you're not? Supposedly. Well, it, it didn't. The thing is, it didn't come from the sun. It was just kind of a genetic thing. It's on the bottom of my foot. I'm not out there, you know, shining, shining my feet in the sun. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, and but I do take precautions now. I, I do a lot of uh, uh, SPF. Even if I moisturize my face, I make sure I have SPS, SPF in it. Um, and not only that, I want to like try to protect my skin. <laughs> we're, you know, as we're getting older. I want to try to keep it as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. You gotta moisturize, man. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a. I'm not a young buck anymore. So I gotta try to keep. I gotta try to keep the the face. You know, the money maker, as they say. <laughs> You're still good looking. How old are you? I am 34. 34 years old. Ah, uh, young buck. Yeah, definitely, yeah. man. I'm 40. Oh well, God bless you. you look young, brother. Oh. Ah, well, thank you. Young, as young as we feel. <laughs> Hells yeah! Cheers to that. Cheers. Though I'm drinking water because uh, <laughs> I am doing sober November. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do it uh, every year since uh, I think since 2017 or 18 I started it. Oh, God bless you! Yeah, so I yeah. I always like write down 10 goals to do 
for that month and I crush it. Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, like obviously no alcohol, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like until you know the holidays are coming around, even though like they're right around the corner. Before you know it, it's gonna be Christmas in New York, and yeah. uh, they, they just—it's a blink of an eye. It kind of just passes by. Mm-hmm, definitely. Nine years as a firefighter. Did yes. you always want to be a firefighter? Um. So nine years as a firefighter, I, I think. I think I definitely, you know, it bounced back and forth when, again, like native New Yorker. Um, I think when 9-11 happened, I was in middle school. Mm. Um, so I definitely saw the the bravery and the sacrifice that the people in uniform made for the city. Um, and I think it was around that time where, you know, I just like the, uh, my eyes were open where like, like people are just you know, really giving their all for the city, really, really giving it to it. Um, and then when I was went to high school, you know, my my path kind of like went a few different ways. I was into sports, you know, I was going to go to college, um, things like that. And then when I was graduating, I, w- I received a scholarship from um, this family uh, from, uh, he was a firefighter, Nicholas Rosamondo. They gave me a scholarship to go to college with and just hearing his story, uh, he was in Rescue Five uh, on Staten Island. Um, they lost. They lost. Pretty sure they lost the entire company. Woo. And he was. He was. Uh, he was. Uh, um, I think he was going home. And you know, instead of going home, and he saw everything, he he, you know, he 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 went in. He still he still followed. He still answered the call. Um, and unfortunately, he you know he he paid the ultimate sacrifice. Hmm. You know the family that that gave me the scholarship. You know i i had I have no personal I had no personal connection to nine eleven. Um, I didn't lose anybody. Um, even though my brother and my mother were, you know, my mother worked in Brooklyn and my brother went to Stuyvesant, which is right down there. Um, it wasn't until uh, I received the scholarship that I actually had a connection to nine eleven, to firefighters, and you know I. It was it was something that you know I I was honored I was honored to receive it and you know hear his story and 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 now and then after from that point after it was it was like well now I need to live up to the standard that that they saw in me um, so since I feel like since that moment I was you know determined to you know do the things that are right and good and you know honorable. Um, and then I, I went to, I went to college and then when I came back, I had the opportunity to take the fire department test. Um, and I did, and I, 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 you know, I, I was able to go in one of the very first classes, um, 2014. Hmm. The school program, how long does it take? The, the academy is, the academy is, um, 18 weeks. Monday to Friday, 18 weeks. It was very intense. Hmm. Very intense. Um it was just, I think I went in the I, w- I went in, I went in January. Um and it was just, it was one of the coldest winters we had. It was just Monday to Friday for 18 weeks. There was there was nor'easters and blizzards and just i just i could close my eyes and remember like hail just hitting us and you know the drill instructors are very tough but you know they they were just they were they were very tough in the middle of a snowstorm <laughs> it's just 
Uh, so the art class is called the Frozen Few. Um, it was just, it. You just it was it was just like every day, just trudging through the snow, running through the snow, you know, doing the drills through the snow. And it what was, kind it, of drills? Uh, so you know, we we go through pretty much everything a firefighter would have to do, like you know, stretch a hose line, you know, drag a body. Uh, like well, the dummies, you know, drag drag a dummy, you know, go through. We we had obstacle courses, climb ladders. You know, we do this thing where we we call a, a life a roof rope rescue and a single slide off of a roof. So we're on top of a roof, we're tying ourselves in, and then we kind of just rappel off of a roof. And and if you can't do that, then you know this is not the job for you. Um, in so the middle of winter. Well, yeah, no, yeah, you know this. <laughs> The, you gotta do, you gotta do the job no matter what rain snow and the in the in, in blistering heat you got to do the job there's no there's of no course. breaks about it hmm. did you ever think of you know that uh, world firefighter games you ever think of enjoy I've, joining? <laughs> yeah I've, I've uh I've, I've a couple of a couple of guys in my firehouse have participated in it hmm. but um <laughs> I look at I look at the I look at the 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 games and I'm like I can't I can't do any of these. <laughs> What are you talking about? You're yeah, like they 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 would crush me. Oh no, you know I'm I'm thinking of something different. I'm thinking of the police firefighter games where it's just um you know uh, firefighters from, from around the world and uh, cops from around the world they kind of compete with each other. Hmm. Um, I've never done that. Um, I think I think I know what you're talking about where you know they do. Yeah, they do the hose. They run yeah, with the they hose. Do the drills and things like that. Um, I never really had interest in 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 kind of doing that. Hmm. You, know, um, you know, working working downtown. Right by uh, my house is right across the street from the World Trade Center, hmm. uh, directly across the street. Um, working downtown, uh, doing the job, being with the brothers. That alone is enough. Uh, enough. Um, Enough for me to be a firefighter. It's, I'm, I mean, I'm good at my job. I, I going out there and 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 doing the police. It, it's does it does never intrigue me to do it. Mm -hmm. You work for the ladder ten, ladder ten, yes, mm -hmm. which is close to the World Trade Center, as you yeah. mentioned. Engine ten, ladder ten, the ten house. What was the difference with ladder and engine? What what's up with so that? So the engine, an engine company would. They're the ones who have the fire hose on it they they have you know water in the rig um so they when they pull up they're the ones you know spraying the water mm -hmm. the ladder company does uh search and rescue operations we go in we don't have a hose line we're doing a search we're looking for where the body of fire is and we are trying to see if there are any victims to bring out so while we're doing that the engine company is like it's like a it's like controlled chaos like we're we're weaving in and out Mm -hmm. um so we're we're going to do the search and rescue we're trying to find out where the fire is so we can tell the engine company hey the fire is in the back room over there you go do that so they go take care of it and then we continue doing a search um to see if anybody's you know passed out or you know needs needs uh thing uh needs some needs some assistance mm. did you decide to go with the ladder or can you no choose? no no when you're you're kind of just assigned straight out of the academy mm. and um You know, I love I love being in the ladder company. It's it's a lot of, it's it's it's, it. I love it. It's it's just there's no there's nothing I can compare to it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are a few brave men that responded to the September 11 attack from your ladder. Yeah, uh, yeah. We um, 
Well, you know, both of our companies, um, both of our companies responded, and we lost five guys. Whoa! Oh, yeah, rest in peace. Does that give you extra pressure to be excellent at all times? Well, you know, I, I think to be excellent at all times, you know, really comes from the brotherhood that you have in your firehouse because people are not only people in you know the city are depending on you. Um, the brothers in your house, the brothers and sisters in your house are depending on you. You know, they want to go home too. They have families at home. And, and if you're, if you're half-assing it, if you're doing a, a halfway job or you're not prepared, you know, it's not only your, you're not only just affecting yourself or the people in New York, you're affecting the people that you work with. And, you know, we're a very close house. We're a very tight knit community. Um, and, you know, I, you, you want to do a job, You want to show up and do your job every single time hmm. um, for everybody that's depending on you and yourself. That, what you want to do at the end of the day is you want to go to work. Any, and this goes for anybody in uniform. You want to show up to work, do your job, and make it home. That You want to make it home at the end of the day. That's that's all anybody really really asks for. Mm -hmm, definitely. Do you have a coworker that you don't like and you're like, it's hard to no. deal with? No, no, no. We, I mean, it's again, it's like, it's like a family, you know, mm -hmm. we, we've had, we, uh, we, we, I think of, uh, being a firefighter is a little bit different than other jobs because we, we will, we, we, we talk about it. We talk it through, you know, it could get intense. It could get, it could get intense, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all, we're all family. We're all family in the fire department. Mm -hmm. Does it get boring when there's no call? No, because, you know, you're doing other things. You're either, you know, I'm, I've been I've been studying a lot, you know, the last couple of a couple of months. Um, mm. You're studying, you're drilling. If there, there's usually a new guy in your house, you know, uh, we call them probies. Um, and and you got to data. They haven't seen the the operations that you've seen. So you should be taking them aside and going through the tools and going through the drills and going through the operations that you've personally seen. And um just like uh, passing on the knowledge so when when they face the situation and in like say you're off or something and they go into that situation they're like oh okay i know what I, i know exactly what to do i've drilled on this i've done it um and then you know we we, we drill we study you know uh we we do this we have meals together you know a lot of us you know we 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 go out shopping we cook the meals together we chop it up we sit down together as a family You know, if there's a call that comes in in the middle of everything, we drop it all, you know, head out to the call, then come back, eat some cold food, and then, you know, ready to go. I always thought that's like, there's a batch, like the batch can stay and there's a batch that leaves. No, 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 no. It's, it's all, it's all just, you know, leave it as it is, you know, go out, do what you're supposed to do and then come back and then, you know, cold food is, can be just as tasty. <laughs> well, it's the company that makes it good. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it's more about it's more about, you know, just doing it together. That's really mm. that's really where where the camaraderie happens where you're just you're talking to each other and, and you know, just things are happening all over the kitchen and you know, I I you want you want to be there. You want to experience it when there's a lot of people there. It's like the energy's there. I mean, you you could do that. I mean, you don't want to have pizza, right? You know, just it's, it's there's not there's nothing nothing personal about it there's nothing uh that that's really satisfying there's a difference where you're having a long conversation with you know one of the young guys and like oh 
you know, where are you from? Catching up with them, trying to figure out who they are. Who's the person that, that came into your house? And, you know, they turn to find out they go, they grew up in the same neighborhood as you. They go to the same school as you. That's the great thing about New York and New York City firefighters in general. Like we are, we're from the city. <laughs> we're from, you know, we, we, we have shared experiences. So that's what, that's what helps us, you know, get along and go along. Mm -hmm. You care. Yeah. Yeah. Care about, you care about everyone who's a firefighter deeply cares about the city, which I do. I, I love this city. The city has given us, given me and my family and my, so many opportunities and I love serving it in the way that I do. Um, it is, it is the greatest city in the world. Uh, just, just the energy, the people, uh, just it, it, there's, there's something very special about it. And I love the fact that I'm able to be a firefighter in New York City, um, putting my life and body on the line for the city that I love, for the people that I love. I might not even have met the person. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, when the call is, when it, when there's a call, I'm going to go. And because New Yorkers, you know, we stick together through thick and thin. Mm -hmm. Speaking of saving bodies and whatnot what's the most intense moment you ever had as a firefighter um well you know they all they all they all have their moments um i i'm trying to i'm trying to balance between um we have this thing where, especially, you know, my firehouse and everything, we don't really do this thing where we're exchanging stories and, you know, kind of going through the detail. I can, I can say there, every, every time I go on a, on a call, there's a part of me that has fear, you know, mm -hmm. that I feel like everybody, everybody experiences the same thing, you know, just, you know, cause anything could happen at any moment. You could be, you could be a veteran and, and and these things happen like you just the, the most random occurrence of event could happen and you know somebody can lose their life that you could do you could do everything right and still that happens um so every time i go on a call there is a small part of fear that um you know maybe maybe this is maybe i won't make it home i don't i don't it's not in the forefront of my mind um but it is it is always there um, when I'm at a major operation and I come back, you know, I, I could have been, I've could have had that in the back of my mind. And then when I reflect on everything that happened, that's when I kind of have to take a deep breath and be thankful that, you know, everything worked out the way it is because it's, you know, it, it is, it, there, there, there are times where things can get pretty intense and, um, you know, and, and, that's again, that's why we have the brothers around us. That's why we have um people that people that are are veterans and have been there before. Um to to like when I especially when I was when I was a first year guy, when I was a probian, I would, you know, during during the headlights, just kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> there there would be there would be this guy who just heavy hand on the shoulder. You know, take a deep breath, stick with me. We'll get you through this kind of thing. And mm. you know, that was that was me back then. Hopefully, I'm I'm trying to be that guy now, um, just because there. Sometimes, sometimes things again. It's like controlled chaos. Things are happening all the time, and um, you have to remain calm in every situation. If you're not calm, you're not thinking, um, and you have to be able to think. You have to be able to think it through. 
Have you had an operation that a life was lost? Uh, don't. I'm not gonna speak about that. So I'm gonna okay. pass for that one. Sure, for sure. You receive a medal and a unit citation for life-saving efforts. You want to talk about that? Uh, I'll I'll just say that briefly. Those both are for um, water rescues, and um, it wasn't just it wasn't just me personally. It was all of us operating together as a company. Um, we're all, you know, we're all, we're really, really good at it. So, you know, it, it's like a, it's a great quick operation and, you know, the entire company, um, is, is the reason why those things went smoothly. Hmm. By the way, congratulations. No, thank you. Thank you. When traumatic things happen, how do you deal with, do you go to therapy or I know you journal, you said. Yeah. Um, so that is one of the things where. You know, um, I know a lot of firefighters have a struggle with. Hmm. Um, so the, the we number one thing is after everything major that happens, we are all we all come back to the firehouse and we all talk about it. We talk about what happened, you know, where you know, because people are uh, separated throughout, you know, places in the in the operation. So we come back and. We all get on the same page to uh, figure out what happened uh, to, um, you know, what can we do better and things like that. And, you know, just your general experience, like how did, how'd you feel? Like what was going on? Um, so that is, that is like, I feel like that's, you know, the level one of it. Um, I, the main way I deal with it is I, I, I journal a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I write out my feelings. Um, I don't really, to, to people who are not um, in the fire department, I don't really talk to them about it because um, it's really, it's kind of hard to to make the connection. Um, it's really not easy to to go through, you know, my emotions and things like that with people that wouldn't really understand it on, on the level I do. So I do journal a lot. Um, and, and for a lot of the times I kind of just, if something, if something happens, I have to, I have to kind of just, roll with the punches and put it out of my mind as best as possible. That's how I do it. Um, you know, just kind of, cause you know, especially when you're working here and you still have, you still have the rest of the, the rest of the day to go through. You can't, mm. you can't dwell on one thing. You're still, you're still in service. You still have to, you still have to keep going. So you can't dwell on it. Um, and you know, get kind of get back to work. And then afterwards, make sure you reflect on it. Make sure you, you, um, experience make sure you're aware of the experiences that you had Hmm. those people that does the investigation on fire are they police or are they firemen what are they Uh, they are they're they're both they're the fire marshals they are firefighters who um are that's that's like our police Hmm. they're fire marshals so they do the investigations afterwards to you know figure out the cause and and things like that um, so yeah, they're they're kind of both. Mm, okay. How come sometimes firefighters respond first before the ambulance? So, and I'm not talking about fire. Just yeah, like- yeah, yeah. No, no. The the engine company, the engine company. Um, they do an EMS. They they respond to EMS calls. So we're all CFR certified, certified first um, responders. You know, defibrillation things like that. So the engine always goes to the call and 
you know, there, there's a lot of firehouses scattered throughout the area. You know, an ambulance can be, you know, on a different call or anything, but the, the firehouses, you know, they're, they're very stationary. So we're able to like zip right there. So we, we initiate the response. And then when the ambulance comes, they, they take over. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like a, you know, teamwork kind of thing. Mm, okay. Have you ever saved a cat from a tree? <laughs> so working, <laughs> working in downtown Manhattan, there's not a lot of trees, <laughs> but, um, I have, I have a puppy from smoke. I have done, I've done mm. those. So, but not a cat. I got it. I got it. That's on the bucket list. I got to I got to check that one off. Okay. I just want to know, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. When you see a burning building, mm -hmm. what do you tell yourself? You need to go inside there. There's no, there's, there's no, there's, there's not even a second thought. There's not even a second thought. My, my main thought is, not not that it, I have to go inside. It's where what part of the building do I have to go inside from? Where where what's my position? Do I have to go onto the roof? Do I have to go in through the front door? What floor am I supposed to be on? Those are those are the thoughts that are going through my mind. I don't have time to to stop and think like, holy shit, look at the burning building. It's more like <laughs> trying to analyze the whole thing at one point and and just figuring out where you're supposed to be. If you're not, that's that's the thoughts that you should be having. What position you are, where you're supposed to be in the building. Um, and then get to where you're supposed to be going. I don't really have time to 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 take it all in. Now, again, like I said, afterwards, when when the reflection comes in, that's when the holy shit, that was that was a lot. That was intense. Those that's when those thoughts are able to come through. Um, but not before. Have you had a moment that you saved someone and you'll be like, I should have saved this one? <laughs> You know, like uh, maybe like a drug addict or you know what I mean? No, 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 no. Those those things, again, like everybody, everybody's a New Yorker, you know, not just me personally. Like this, this is our first priority is life. It doesn't matter who mm. you are. You could be, you know, anything, any, doesn't matter. None of that, none of that matters. We're going to save lives. Hmm. I love it. Oh, one question. Because in this, my area, we have the firefighter day. Yeah, so yeah. We celebrate them and whatever. And they told us that when you're sleeping, you should close the door. Yes, yes. Um, you should always close the door when you're sleeping and when you're leaving your apartment for anything like that. If you say you like your apartment's, um, you know, smoking on fire and you leave, don't leave the door open because you know that it only intensifies the fire. Because if there's a window open, there's a we call it flow path. Mm. It just the air kind of flows through the apartment and and just takes it from one place to another um but if the doors close that gives a little prevention from the fire kind of spreading to the next room mm. so what if you wake up in the middle of the night your house is on fire you're on the second floor and the main floor is on fire what should i do so it, uh, it depends on what kind of building you're in if you're in um like a fireproof building you know a lot of the times uh your best um cause of action is to if you're in a fireproof building the best cause of action is to you know stay where you are it's like these are like the high rises building like mm. you're in downtown manhattan where the fire doesn't have a chance to spread mm. but if you're in a uh private dwelling or, or a residential house where there's a chance of fire spreading if you're able to make it out of course you know get it out get out as safely if you're not able to make it out you know close the door 
um, because that close the door and and that will prevent the fire from spreading, you know, to where you are. Close the door. What if the 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 house is burning? Well, if you can get out, like I said, if you can get out, if you can get out the house safely, you know, obviously do it. Oh, okay. If if your if your if your um, egress is impeded by fire, um, and you cannot make it out of the house, you know, take refuge. Make sure the door's separating you from the fire, and then you know, attempt to escape from the window. If you can't, if you're on an upper level, you know, then then we'll. That's when we come in with our ladders and everything like that to to make the rescue. Your man, sometimes. I- I think one of my kids, and one of them is like, look at them. They're not doing anything. They're just sitting there and doing push-ups and shit, you know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right now they're not. Yeah, but when yeah. they get cold, they get cold. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, we're always doing something. Either hmm. where if you guys see us like talking on the street corner or something like that, a lot of the times... What we do is we do uh, building inspections and then we'll see a building and, you know, kind of mentally drill. What would we do in this kind of situation mm. if this building was on fire? What, what are you going to do? And then, like, you know, talk through it. You know, we, we, we're always uh, preparing. We're always planning. Um, and again, if, if he sees us doing push-ups, we got to stay physically fit. We got to make sure that, you know, our bodies are, are ready for the job. Mm-hmm. So sometimes... Fire engines, they go through traffic. But sometimes you think like, I don't think there's a fire. I think they're just going <laughs> through the traffic. Uh, every time those emergency lights are on, it is for a very good reason. Mm. Either because, I mean, we're not we're not only going to fires. We're going to, you know, there's, you know, we do a lot of emergencies, gas leaks, elevator emergencies, water leaks, um, subway, there's a lot of subway uh, incidents here, so it's not always going to be fire. So even if you don't smell it, but the reason, if we're if we're if those lights are on, is for a reason. Um, so so if it's not on, get out of the way. You just if it's not on, then if the, if the light if, the, if we're not in emergency mode, then we're just sitting in traffic like the rest of uh, people. Sometimes you turn it on. <laughs> Because sometimes you're like sitting there and like... I don't know. <laughs> not, in my, not in my experience. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, my man, I love this conversation. I learned so much. But before we close out, one more question. Yeah, yeah. You've been through hell and back quite literally. Having said that, what's the most important life lesson you've learned that you can share with others? Um, The most important life lesson I could say... um. We're all amazing people in our own individual rights. Every time that you look at yourself in the mirror, um, every time that you're with friends or family, be proud of those moments, be proud of yourself. I spent years, years beating myself up, um, not being proud of who I am, but we're all beautiful on the inside. We're all beautiful, special, unique individuals. There is not gonna be anyone else like the person that you are ever in history. Um, so take that, take that as, take that as something special. You have something unique to bring to this world. Um, and it's, it's your obligation to, to show your, your unique, uh, your unique individuality. And um, like I said before, being kind, being kind to the people around you, 
being a good person, um, sticking to your morals, your family, your friends, um, whatever you believe in, stick strong to those and, and be good. Lead with love. That's if I if I if I have to leave one thing, lead with love. You mm. know, love, love everybody around you. Wise word from a wise man. Again, Jassy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you oh. so much for having me. Thank you. Definitely. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you. Again, Jassy, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Erin Del Yosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.